is becoming apparent that the best leaders are good coaches. Assuming that most of us would like to become better leaders, what lessons can we learn from those seen by their colleagues as outstanding coaches? Today, we're discussing six down-to-earth lessons we can learn from the most effective coaches. Welcome to The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and with me today is my friend and leadership legend, Jack Zanger. Great to be with you, Bree. No, there are thousands of books podcasts, workshops about how to be an effective coach, and everyone seems to have their own tips and tricks. So what is different about this study you are going to share with us today? Joe Folkman and I collected data on 4,212 leaders who were providing coaching to their direct reports and colleagues. We separated those who were rated as the most effective coaches, and then we identified 20 behaviors that were most frequently used by this group of extremely effective coaches. We then conducted a statistical factor analysis on that data to determine these outstanding coaches' dominant behavioral patterns. The results serve as a highly practical set of behaviors to which any leader can aspire and which, frankly, every leader can practice. Well, let's learn what the most effective coaches did. Number one was that they carve out the time. You know, Woody Allen is reputed to have said 80% of success in life is showing up. <laughs> Our first research is finding mainly in that realm. Effective coaching requires setting aside the time and showing up for the experience. It sounds simple, but that's where it all begins. So the action step is, Access your calendar, schedule the time to provide coaching to your colleagues, contact the person who is involved. You know, my husband always jokes around that I have an unhealthy relationship with time, but I think most of us feel the pressures of a long to-do list and not enough time to do everything. And when you have a leader who's willing to put aside time for you to get coaching, that's meaningful. It's a signal to any employee that you care. And maybe... You won't be the most brilliant coach and know the perfect things to say, but simply making the time is a powerful start. I completely agree. Number two was focus on specific actions versus more general kind of comments or platitudes. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, for example, in a conversation with a direct report, a manager can make the the general comment you might consider taking more initiative or the manager can be more specific and observe your colleagues really appreciated your streamlining our process for paying vendors, seeing a need and then actively coming up with a solution makes you even more valuable. Can you do more of that? Oh, I liked how you kind of, it went from like a corrective feedback to almost a positive spin when you made it more specific. And you know, it's perfect because nobody wants a thank you note that's blank inside. The details <laughs> are meaningful. The third quality from the most effective coaches was the ability to inspire others versus just having positive interactions. You mentioned that 
the best coaches were consistently seen as positive catalysts for change rather than critics. Others looked to them for ideas, inspiration, and direction, and they were seen as constantly seeking superior performance through continuous improvement. It is a fact that some people suck energy from those around them and while others inject energy. So I have a burning question <laughs> and I struggle with this. How, how do you inject energy into others without seeming fake or over-enthusiastic? Oh, Brie, I wish there was a simple answer to that question. <laughs> um, I think sometimes when we think we're being overly enthusiastic or, or, uh, or over the top, uh, if you're making a presentation in front of a group, it's probably just about right. Hmm. Uh, I think people appreciate that willingness for the, the person who's presenting to, to, uh, to put forth some of their energy. Um, I, I think that, you have to kind of be very attentive to the person you're talking to and, uh, and try to, you know, tailor your, your behavior to, to them, having it be you know, in harmony with, with, with them. Um, but there's no, there's no easy answer to that, to that <laughs> question that you posed. The fourth behavior is that these coaches add their own ideas and their own experience to the discussion. You know, good coaches help the person being coached to see the issues and challenges they are facing. The coach enables them to find good answers from within themselves. Coaches are not just passive listeners. They give their ideas and they share their experience and they do that very honestly. And they probably do it in a way that doesn't make the conversation all about them. Good point. Thank you. They're careful to not sort of bring the conversation to them, but to kind of leave it, you know, with, with, with the person being coached. So the action step is after you've explored someone's ideas and, and their ideas for a solution, if you think there is a valuable solution that they've missed, by all means, pass it on. People want you to contribute to the conversation. The fifth behavior was they freely give honest praise. Now, in our last podcast together, we had a great conversation about positive and corrective feedback. And if I were to quickly summarize, both corrective and positive feedback have their time and place. However, our research convincingly shows that the best coaches spend most of their time recognizing and rewarding positive performance. Their goal is to build confidence and self-esteem, which in turn encourages even greater effort. Some coaches feel like it's their job to provide correction. <laughs> and if they don't, then they're not being helpful. But if there is not really any corrective feedback needed, should a manager search harder to provide for some correction? Absolutely not. Positive feedback stands perfectly on its own. You know, journalism has created and contributed lots of good things to our culture, but they have led us to believe that you always have to present two sides, two points of view, or that there are always two sides to every issue. When someone has done something really well, there doesn't need to be any further comment on the other side. You know, the, the final and sixth behavior that the coaches utilized was that they 
fostered collaboration. The best coaches emphasize superordinate goals that unify people and bring them together, generate collaboration. They help those whom they coach to see opportunities to garner cooperation from other teams and other departments within the organization. They do all they can to tamp down competition between departments and to replace that with selfless cooperation. So the action step is listen carefully for any hints of conflict and competition. Help the person you are coaching to see the opportunities where competition can become cooperation and reinforce praise Observe, call attention to any examples that you see of cooperation between groups. To understand the impact of these six characteristics on a person's effectiveness at coaching, you measured a coach's performance on the behaviors and then looked at their ratings as a coach. Leaders who performed poorly on these six behaviors were rated at the 10th percentile on their coaching skills. So that should give you a good idea about how important they are. In comparison, those who performed all six behaviors exceptionally well were rated at the 91st percentile. Exactly. You know, for many people, this list of six behaviors may seem like a difficult challenge. We have discovered that just doing a few of these behaviors, doing them well, can significantly impact a person's ability to be an effective coach. By simulating the impact of high performance being at the 90th percentile, we discovered that if you only did one of these skills well, your coaching effectiveness would be at the 71st percentile. Doing two behaviors well would put you at the 79th percentile. And doing three would jump you then to the 85th percentile. So start by identifying the one skill that would be easiest for you to improve. What struck me about this research is you don't need to be this expert coach that can help someone understand all their hidden life potential. I think it's reassuring to know that these coaches that were the most effective engaged in some pretty simple behaviors. So, Jack, where do you think people should start? Well, I would go back to the beginning, carving out time. For many, carving out time is easy to change, but requires some discipline. For others, accentuating the positive might have the most profound impact, not only on those that you work with, but also those you you live with. (laughs) Definitely. I'll remember that while I review my kids' lackluster efforts at their Saturday chores. But (laughs) in all seriousness, it seems easier to be critical to those you live with but they need to hear the positive too. You bet. And effective leadership, effective coaching is all about behavior. One of the essential skill sets of today's leader is being a good coach. And our research identified these six behaviors that are consistently practiced by the most outstanding coaches. None of them requires unique or superhuman skills. All six can be used by any leader who genuinely wants to move beyond being an average leader. These six behaviors can become part of your ingrained habitual style if you consciously decide to incorporate them into your ongoing daily actions. 
If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's data-driven approach to developing extraordinary coaches, you can check out the links I'll provide for our coaching programs and assessments in our episode notes or visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. I'll also link Jack's article that shares these six tips for becoming a better coach so you can refer back to them as often as you wish. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corn and Jack Zanger, with music by Pleasant Pictures and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you like our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a review. All resources and links to the research reference in this episode can be found in our episode notes or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.